Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone. Welcome to Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast. Here we are, week one, post College football week one, pre-NFL season week one. Um, I am half of the two drunk brothers, Jarrett. I have my brother Travis with me. Uh, Travis, what are you sipping on tonight? Sipping on some Crown Royal Vanilla. Crown Royal Vanilla. Coke Zero. He's lying. He's drinking a Truly like a little bitch. Spiked alcoholic water. (laughs) I have left in my fridge. I was sipping Crown. There you go. I'm sipping some nice whiskey Coke myself. Um, in the spirit of the podcast, obviously drinking while we do this, having some fun. Um, so real quick, I just want to we just want to recap how we did gambling over the weekend. Not great, but we've had worse weekends, right? <clears throat> we've had a lot worse weekends. Came out two and four under 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 on the old money chart, but you know we're we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Two and four. We did have a bad beat, a very bad beat on Saturday. Yeah, fuck Ohio State and Urban Meyer's assistant coach uh, running it on fourth down up by, what, fucking 35? Yeah, he's up 35, 40. runs out on fucking fourth and one and rattles off for like a 30-something-run touchdown. Unbelievable. So that well, was our bad beat. Take that away. We're three and three, so I'll take uh, that. So uh, we're going to go into our first segment here. It's called First and Ten. First and Ten from the our first segment, first and ten. So every week, Travis and I are going to tackle ten quick hitting issues. This conversation could last five minutes, could last ten minutes, could be the Hard length. Last ten minutes. Could last the majority of our podcast. But every week, we're going to do a first and ten, and we're going to run down ten different things and talk about them. So this week, we're going to do all eight division winners in the NFL, along with our MVP pick for number nine and our Super Bowl pick for number ten. So I'll let Travis go ahead and start off with the AFC North. Yeah, so we're just going to go division by division here. I'll start off with my SC North. I have uh, Pittsburgh winning the division 11-5. and five. Pretty easy division going up against Cleveland. The shitstorm, whatever's brewing there, earn your stripes, not buying it. <laughs> Cincinnati, they're not going to be good as well. Baltimore, give them a little challenge. I have Pittsburgh 11-5 and five, going 5-1 and one in their division and Baltimore getting that wild card spot at 9-7. and seven. Ooh. Uh, with Cincinnati finishing 5-11 and 11, as well as the Cleveland Ship Browns. Oh, nice, nice. So 
We both picked the same division winner. I have the Steelers winning the division at 10-6. I think the AFC North is going to be a little bit more difficult than what you kind of anticipate. So I have the uh, Steelers going 10-6. and six. I have them starting out the year 5-0. and oh, uh, And then losing to Cincy, uh, have them losing against the Ravens, the Panthers. Um, they, they lose three in a row when they lose to the Jags in week 11, and then against the Pats and the Saints as well. So I got a couple tough losses in there. Um, you know, they, they play they play a pretty tough schedule, I, I imagine, in a tough division. I have the Steelers winning at 10-6, and six, getting that third seed. Um, Bengals going 9-7, and seven, Ravens going 8-8, eight and eight, and the Browns going 4-12. and 12. Steelers going 4-2 and two within the division. Um, I think it's a tough division. That division is always tough, and they always seem to uh, – Steelers always seem to, seem to come out on top, though. So um, we both got the same division winner, right? You picked the Steelers. And then- Steelers. Let's move on to the AFC South. Um, I have the Houston Texans um, taking the division, um, eleven and five, with five and one division record. With Jacksonville right behind them, also at eleven five, four and two in the division. And then Indianapolis and Tennessee both at six and ten because Indianapolis, Andrew Luck coming back, he'll do all right. Not much of a run game there in Indianapolis. Tennessee is just going to have an awful year. Um, I don't know. They just – they don't got it kicking for me. Deshaun Watson's going to come back firing. I see them taking the division 5-1. Um, and one. Uh, Jacksonville beats them once. They split. Nice. That's what I have going on there. Jacksonville will take that other, other wild card spot with Houston taking the uh, division. Awesome. I also have Houston winning the division at 11-5, and five, coincidentally. And I also have the Jags getting that sixth seed in the AFC with a 10-6 and six record out of the South. Um, I have the Texans going 11-5. and five. Uh, They lose the Pats in week one, obviously. I have them losing against the Colts at Indianapolis week four. So they start, the year, they start out the year two and two. Um, and then I also have them losing at Denver in week nine. Um, I have the Texans lose, getting swept by the Colts, losing two games to the Colts again in week 14, and then losing to the Eagles in week 16. Um, as far as the rest of the division kind of plays out, um, I got the Jaguars, like I said, finishing 10-6, Colts going 8-8. Eight and eight. Titans going 5-11. I don't think the linebacking core is there for, for the Titans. Um, they have a decent pass rush, but zero offensive line. So I see them having a very bad year. Like I said, Texans coming back. Yeah. Texans coming back. Deshaun Watson going to be firing all seven. Sammy Watkins, um, Will Fuller, just a plethora of weapons down there. <clears throat> J.J. Watkins stay healthy. He'll just wreck that division up. Pretty similar going on down. Let's move on down to the AFC East. I have – the Patriots at 12-4, and four, unfortunately, with the old Tom Brady, Sun Kisser, leading that down. Um, they're just going to dominate. Uh, Dolphins at 9-7. and seven. They're, they're too young. Maybe in a few years they might be able to have somewhat of a contender, maybe a couple of years. Um, Buffalo, I mean, 5-11. Nathan Peterman, terrible decision. We'll see where that goes. Probably nowhere up a good alley. And then New York Jets. Three and thirteen, Sam Darnold, youngest QB to ever start Week One um, since nine, since the seventies. Since the seventies, okay. Yeah. Well, either way, doesn't, yeah, doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, Patriots only one making the playoffs out of the AFC East. Rather, probably one of the weakest divisions in football. I was going to say the same thing. I have that pegged. I have that as the for sure weakest division in the AFC. We'll chat a little bit when when we get over get over to the NFC and the division I think is the weakest in football. But anyway. I also had the Patriots winning the division at 13-3. and three. Uh, But, surprise, surprise, a little bit of a homer bias here. 
I do have the Dolphins going to the playoffs in that five seed, 11 and five. I filled out this thing four different times. Uh, Dolphins made it three out of four times. I just think their schedule's not that hard. I think people are really underestimating them. They have a young strength of schedule. They have a young pass rush. I mean, a, a very good pass rush, a young secondary, um, just weapons all around. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Dolphins. Patriots 13 and three. Um, some highlights from their um, schedule. I have them starting out eight and zero. Not having the pay, don't have the Patriots losing a game until week nine against the Packers. They lose two games. They lose two games against the, AFC, the NFC North. They also lose to the Vikings, and they lose to the Dolphins in Miami in Week 14 because they always lose to the Dolphins in Miami every single year. I feel like it happens. So yeah, but I have the Pats winning 13 and three, getting that one seed in the AFC. All Dolphins right. get Dolphins getting the wild card 11 and five. Bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Um, AFC West. Oh, I have the Chiefs at twelve and four, just because they look like they have one of the. It kills me, kills me to pick this. I hate the Chiefs. St. Louis, born and raised, but they have an easy schedule. If you look at their schedule, it is not hard. They play. I mean, they play the the Rams and the Jaguars. Other than that, for the Steelers, the Steelers. Yeah, they I don't know. They put the Pats. I have them. I have them beating the Pats actually um, at home and in, in, in Foxborough. You have the Chiefs beating the beating the Pats at Foxborough. It's a big stretch at oh, twelve and man. four. I would say on the high side, twelve and four. I definitely think they'll go ten and six. I don't think there's uh, many strong suitors. Chargers making it at eight and eight. Denver five and eleven. And Oakland four and twelve. Oakland's going to have a rough year coming up. I can feel it. Denver was terrible last year. I don't think Case Keenum is the uh, the answer there over Trevor Simeon. So I think they're going to have another rough year. Essentially, usually what is a great AFC West is kind of on a downslope uh, going down here. I would agree. Um, we totally have this division. This is like the only division I feel like that we are disagree on. I have the Chargers taking this division at 10-6. and six. Um and then I have the Chiefs and the Raiders both at six and ten, and the Broncos at five and eleven. Uh, I think you're dead wrong in the Chiefs. I think they have a young quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who isn't ready to take the spotlight yet. Um, I hope I'm wrong. They got rid of their entire secondary essentially. They really have nothing left. That's their whole entire defense is depleted. The Chargers, however, have been rebuilding through the draft on the defensive side of the ball. Philip Rivers finally, hopefully, everyone stays healthy on the offensive side of the ball. Is going to have a big, big season. Like I said, I have the – yeah, like I said, the L.A. Chargers winning the AFC West. I have them losing to the Rams, the Niners, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Chiefs. So I have them losing – I have them going 3-3 three and three in their division. But I have them making it out of there because I have everyone else in the division um, at 6-10 and 10 or 5-11. and 11. So Chargers getting out of the AFC West with that record of 10-6, and six, snagging that four seed um, and going into the playoffs. So that's right. how my AFC kind of shakes out. My quick rundown of AFC – uh, goes Chiefs, Pats, Texans, Steelers, Jags, Ravens. And my quick rundown goes Steelers, Texans, Jags, Pats, Dolphins, Chargers. Uh, your other right. playoff teams. We're going to move over to the NFC, NFC North. I have the Packers taking this. Um, we mentioned a little bit in our little preview how the NFC North is possibly one of the best divisions in football. I have the Packers at 12-4, and four, the Vikings at 11-5, and five. Lions at nine and seven. We have three pretty good teams right there. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers 
um, losing many games this year. Minnesota, they're going to have kind of a feeling out process with Kirk Cousins, but I think they'll get it under control. Lions, I mean, they're the Lions. It's what they're going to do. And uh, Mitch Trubisky, I'd fucking rather have Uncle Rico as my quarterback. So, <laughs> uh, I have Green Bay 12-4, Minnesota 11-5. Uh, so I'm guessing Minnesota's getting a wild card spot, right? They're getting the wild card with 11-5, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so I have something even crazier going on in the NFC North. Um, I have a team at 13-3 and three getting a wild card because I have two teams going 13-3. and three. I have the Vikings going 13-3. and three. The Packers going thirteen and three. Uh, I'm assuming this website, whatever they did, whatever they did it on, both five one division. They split, so I'm guessing they went by strength of schedule. I have the Vikings losing to the Packers in week two, the Rams in week four, and the Saints in week eight, which means they finish the year um, on an absolute tear. Uh, they go into the playoffs very, very hot, but the Packers still come out of there and get that five seed, which is really bummer that they get the five seed at thirteen three record, but they do. But I have the Vikes taking it with the Packers getting a second wild card, both at 13-3. and three. All right, let's move on down to the NFC South. One that I think is usually pretty close between the Falcons and the Saints. I have the Falcons taking it at 12-4. and four. I don't really know why, but it seems like the Saints had a decently tough schedule and just some crucial losses down the stretch. I had the, yeah, the Falcons at 12-4, and four, Saints at 9-7, and seven, barely missing the playoffs. Panthers and Bucks both have a rough go at it this season. Uh, it seems like they had a pretty tough schedule. I know the Bucks have like the fifth hardest strength of schedule, so they're yeah. both at five and eleven. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I agree on the Bucks. I'm not very high on them. I actually have them as the worst team in the NFC. Um, James Winston not starting those first four games, so I, I have them going zero and four. Have them finishing three and thirteen. So we're not here to talk about them. I think the Falcons, like I said, I agree with you. Falcons win the division, go twelve and four, and uh, also the Saints are coming second at eleven and five. Saints actually have a better divisional record than the Falcons, but the Falcons just win one more game to snag that division. Saints get into the playoffs as a six seed at 11-5. and five. Uh, Falcons, like I said, I have them losing to the Steelers. I do have them losing game against the Bucks right after James Winston comes back in week six. I think uh, James will be out, out, out for blood. Have them losing to the Saints, and I also have them losing to the Panthers as well in week 16. Um, Saints get out of there at the six seed. I feel like the Saints could go easily go 12-4 and four, and the Falcons go 11-5. and five and be vice versa. Like you said, it's always a, it's always a, a two-dog race with those teams. Uh, but I'm, I'm really high on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons this year for some reason. For sure. Going down to the NFC East, I really have no idea why I'm so high on the Cowboys because I don't think they're going to have that good of a season. But I found myself going through this and them winning the division at 12-4 and or the Eagles at 11-5. I like I have no idea, but it seems like they have a fairly easy schedule. I mean, I have them beating not that many great teams, so we'll we'll see what happens uh, in the long run. But yeah, I had them at twelve and four. Eagles at eleven five, making that wild card. Uh, Redskins with Alex Smith, they're not going to do much. I don't feel like in that division. In the Giants, I really don't think Saquon Barkley is enough to take them over that hump and get them. I have them. Really at two and fourteen, I don't know why. But I did I did that a few times when I was filming South. I noticed I, I had the Giants. I don't see them having that good of a season. I'm I may be pushing on two and fourteen, way low, but I really don't see them winning more than six games. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. I had them. I had like I said, I did, I did four of these things. I finally landed on one that I that I really liked. Um. Anyway, this is what I was going to talk to you about. Is I think the NFC East is probably the weakest division in football. Especially, by far and away, the most biggest division in the NFC. Um, I have the Eagles winning the division at ten and six. 
Uh, Cowboys in second at eight and eight. I have the Giants actually at six and ten, and the Redskins at five and eleven. Um, I don't think Alex Smith has the weapons in, in Washington that he had in Kansas City, and we all know what he did in Kansas City. He always washed out whenever it mattered most. Like I said, the Giants they're building the pieces in place. When maybe they get a better quarterback, you know they um, no no knock at Eli Manning. He's won two Super Bowls, which is fine. Um, but I definitely think they're they're building in, in the right direction. So I have them at six and ten. Cowboys are just going to cowboy it up. They're going to finish. I don't over. know, man. I think just looking at their schedule, I've had them losing some pretty loot, like games that they might win. I would say Not, at the worst, they go nine and seven. I don't know, man. I mean, we'll see. It's going to um, be. It's it's eight, eight eight and eight for me. But anyway, I have the Eagles at ten and six. Um, I have the Eagles, you know, having a pretty rough go of it. I have them starting up the year four and four, um, losing to the Falcons in week one, losing to the Vikings in week five. I actually have them losing to the Giants in New York in week six, in Jacksonville in week eight, and I believe they go into the bye right after that. Yeah, the Eagles go into that bye week week nine. So I'm going to the bye week at four and four, but then coming out of the bye week and finishing the year at six and two and clinching that clinching that playoff berth at ten and six. Going to the playoffs uh, a fair really hot. So um, Eagles are my pick to win that division. Yeah, they are. They will, they're always a good team. Let's move on down. NFC West to the worst team in football, the L.A. Rams with the shittiest owner in the world. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I had them going 12-4. They're in a fairly easy division. Um, really? I think so. I, I, don't, I don't see Seattle being too much of a contender as long as as well as San Francisco with Jarek McKinnon uh, tearing his knee up. So I have them going at 12-4, and four, San Francisco right below them at 10-6, and six, Seattle 8-8, eight and, eight, and Arizona at 4-12. Uh, so so San, Fran, San Fran went another one of your wild card teams, or they barely missed it? No, San Fran missed. So um, I just see LA running away with it, just how explosive their offense is, as, as well as their defensive pickups over the, uh, over the summer. It's going gonna, gonna to be kind of hard to stop them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on, on, on that on that fact. Unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately, but on the other hand, I actually I I like I did four of these things. This is the only division where I had you know two different winners twice. I had the 49ers winning it twice, and I have the Rams winning it twice. I landed on leaving it as the 49ers winning the division at 11 and five. Um, however, I also have the Rams at 11 and five, so I feel like that division could go either way. Um, you know, I feel like it could, it's either the Rams or the Niners um, to win that division for me. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Niners uh, at 11-5. They get the nod over the Rams because they have a 5-1 and one division record. The Rams had a 3-3 three and three division record. Uh, Seattle at 9-7. and seven, Cardinals at 5-11. and 11. As soon as they get Rose in the Solomon offense, we'll see how that goes. But with Bradford behind the helm, he's not taking you anywhere. But, yeah, the Niners at 11-5, and five, actually sweeping the Rams on the year. So that's the reason why they won the division over the Rams. And the Rams missed the playoffs and my forecast, but I could also see the Rams taking it a little bit five as well. Go either way, but I'm going to stick with them. All right. Rounding out my NFC, I have Dallas at one, Falcons at two, Packers at three, Rams at four, Vikings at five, and Eagles at six. I have the Vikings at one, the Falcons at two, the Niners at three, the Eagles at four, and the Packers at five, and the Saints at six. So our NFC looks vastly – I think we only had one different team in the AFC, but – Looks like we have some vastly different teams in the end of some different teams, yeah. But you had you had the Cowboys in there, and you also had the Rams in there as well. All right, so those were our those were our division picks for the NFL season. We're going to go ahead and jump on into our MVP picks. 
for the year. Let's see what Jared has for it. So I'm going super lame, super vanilla. Um, you're not going to like it. A lot of people are going to probably flame me. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm going with 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 the million dollar man, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just I, I like that Green Bay offense. I think he has weapons he's never had before, um, especially at tight end with um, Jimmy Graham. I just think he's gonna have a great year. Um, I can see him passing for four four thousand yards. You know, close to close to forty touchdowns, maybe rushing for five to ten. Um, I just see him having a fantastic year in that offense, um, in that division, and him taking home the MVP. I, I can see that as well. I was debating on him, usually because the MVP is a quarterback, especially if they make it far. I don't know. It usually seems like it's a quarterback. I went ahead and went a different route and picked Todd Gurley. Um, I definitely think he's going to be the best running back in the NFL now into the future. Le'Veon Bell's kind of fallen off. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be hard to stop him in the in the Rams offense this year. I feel like he might have gotten robbed last year of it, so I feel like this year is his year for sure. He's going to step it up. He had a good rookie year, bad sophomore year, really picked it up last year. I think there's only better to come from him. So, Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, I was actually kicking around between Aaron Rodgers and Todd Gurley and myself. Um, just landing on Aaron Rodgers because, like you said, it's mostly a quarterback. Uh, and I hate L.A. and the Rams, yeah. Stan Kroenke, and all of those douches. So, um, Agreed. They can all catch agreed, agreed. Moving on from MVP, we're gonna we're gonna give you guys our Super Bowl champ predictions. Not sure how close they'll be, but hear it out, Jerry. What do you got? All right, rounding out our first and ten with our tenth pick of of uh, of the day in our first and ten. My Super Bowl champion uh, kind of leads into my MVP. I have the Green Bay Packers winning Super Bowl. Uh, fuck, was it this year? Fifty three. The Green Bay Packers winning Super Bowl 53 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so that's my pick. Uh, I played it out a couple of ways. Every time I did it, I pretty much had the Steelers playing the Pats in the, in the AFC Championship game, and I had the Packers playing either the Vikings or the Saints. Um, I think may have had the Falcons, but every time it was the Packers. And then most of the time it was Packers-Steelers or Packers-Pats, but I just landed on Packers over Steelers. I have a good feeling about that. I feel like the Patriots dynasty is over. And Aaron Rodgers is ushering in a new era here. So Packers over Steelers for my Super Bowl 40, 53 pick. For my Super Bowl pick, um, I kind of went out there on a limb and I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I just feel like they're way too good on defense. Uh, to give you a rundown, they didn't really lose anyone on defense. And to make it more of, like, I don't know, in my sense of mind, how it – Makes sense. Last year on defense, throughout the season, they had seven touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 24 fumble return, fumble recoveries, and 55 sacks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, 
prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I mean, that's just, I don't know. Their strength of schedule is 25th in the NFL. Um, it just seems like they have the perfect road for success as long as Blake Bortles can stay on. I know their receiving core um, was injured, is injured and beat up. Uh, and it's kind of depleted, but I feel like they have the defense to take him to glory. So hot take, hot take, hot take for sure. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Mark my words on that. So you're I saying a team winning. that was literally a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl last year? They're going to take. Prob- probably if it wasn't for some bad refereeing, they might have been there. To be honest, I'd like to see them have it. I think they can have it. They didn't lose any on defense as much as Jalen Ramsey's recent comments have pissed me off. I think that he will do his job, and they will. Oh yeah, between him and between him and, and AJ Bouye, I mean, you have their, their defensive line is insane. They're they have a nasty defense, so I can see him doing doing a lot. They, uh, they, but that is for sure a hot take. So. We're going to nail it down. Hot take alert from Travis. Also, so he had the Packers. I had the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Packers in the Super Bowl. So that about wraps up our first and 10 segment where we recapped all eight division uh, NFL winners as well as our MVP and Super Bowl picks. We're going to roll right into our next segment here where we talk about gambling, everyone's favorite thing. Welcome to Degenerates Digest. We're all gambling degenerates at heart, and we all love to gamble with our money, never to see it again at the end of the day. So uh, every week, Travis and I will run down five or six games, give you our locks for the week, and what we call the Degenerates Digest. So game one, take it away. It is Georgia versus South Carolina. Number three, Georgia at South Carolina, number 24. Uh, last week we had University of Georgia beating Austin P forty five nothing. South Carolina beat Coastal Carolina forty nine fifteen. I see this being a very tightly, very tight game. It's an early SEC East matchup. I really don't see a blowout. Um, Georgia going into South Carolina, like I mean they're both they're both top twenty five ranked. Uh, last week Jake Fromm had a uh, had a decent outing. Uh, 157 yards and two touchdowns. Bentley had 250 yards and four touchdowns. I think that South Carolina covers the nine and a half point spread that's given personally, especially at home, given this big matchup. I I don't see it being a blowout. And once again, I agree. Um, Granted, guys, we did not pick these together. We are in two separate locations. We did our prep all by ourselves. Uh, But I, I also have South Carolina covering the nine and a half point spread at home. Uh, like you said, those SEC East matchups are always close unless you're a, you're a dog shit team like Vandy. Um, South Carolina, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're up and coming. They're turn, the program's come, coming back on the up and up. Um, playing at home against Georgia, big matchup, early SEC East game, like you said, week two. Teams aren't all the way dialed in yet, and I don't see this being a 10-point game in the slightest. Uh, yeah. I think Georgia wins. I don't think they win by, I don't think they win by 10 points. I would probably say like a three- or four-point matchup. But, yeah, give me USC plus nine-and-a-half all day. Yeah, it's hard to go into Williams-Brice beating, beating an SEC East rival by, by more than ten. For all sure. right, we'll, we'll jump into game two. We have Penn State, 13-ranked Penn State at Pitt. This is an in-state rival. 
Penn State barely snuck it out versus Appalachian State. Like, what the hell? They took it to overtime. It uh, shows what they really cannot do without Saquon Barkley. Um, Pitt beat Albany 33-7. to uh, Pretty big knockout. Um, saying that, though, I think that Penn State, I'd take them minus 7.5. Um, I don't think that Pitt um, has enough to muster up and get the W. Um, I, I feel like in the end here, you're going to get bent over the barrel and – and, and Penn State's going to win by 10 points and cover that spread. And I disagree. Um, I'm actually going to go the other way. Uh, they're, they're, it's a home game for Pitt. Everyone knows what Penn State did last week, almost losing to Appalachian State. Um, I think Pitt students are going to be out in full force. You can never, ever, especially in gambling, discount a home crowd. Um, I think Pitt covers a 7.5-point spread. I don't think they win. I think Penn State squeaks out of their ass. Just they squeak it out of their ass against Appalachian State last weekend. Uh, I think Penn State wins, stays undefeated at 2-0, um, again by three or four points, giving Pitt plus 7.5. Just because they're at home, their students are going to show out. It's a, bit, it's, a, it's, it's a big, like you said, in-state rival, rivalry, and uh, it's going to be loud and it's going to be hard, hard to play in that in stadium. See, that's, that's a disagreement we have. I think that it will be a close game. But I, I really feel like that seven and a half point spread's meant to screw you over. I think that Penn State will end up winning and covering the spread. So we shall we'll, see. We will recap. We'll see what, what happens on that on Saturday. Yep. Uh, moving into game three, we had USC number or ranked number seventeen at Stanford number ten. Here we go. This is an interesting fact. Here, Stanford beats South Dakota State, uh, thirty-one to ten. Um, and they are in the Mountain West. USC beat UNLV, also in the Mountain West, 43-21. to 21. So USC gave up 21 points to a UNLV team who went 5-7 and seven last year. In the same conference that South Dakota State went 10-3 and three last year. Um, I think that Stanford is going to absolutely overcome this 3.5-point spread, blow them out of the water. Bryce Love had a bad game last week. He's out for blood this week. They're going to absolutely roll away with it. I agree. Um, it's tough to beat Stanford, really, ever. Um, at I feel like, Stanford. Yeah, at Stanford. I feel like Stanford every year goes like 10-2 and two every single year. Uh, and that three-and-a-half-point spread, uh, it's either Stanford is going to blow them out of the water, like you said, and just easily cover that three-and-a-half-point spread, or they're going to blow it and they'll lose. I don't think that's going to happen. I see Stanford winning at home very easily. Covering that three-and-a-half-point spread, give me Stanford all day. Hell, I might actually put a parlay on those three games just to take some shit home. Let's move into the fourth game. That's it on college football for those spreads. We're going to move into NFL. Game four, we have the three three big primetime games this weekend. Three big primetime games. Game four, we have some Thursday night football action. Atlanta at Philly. Philly is minus three. They're the favorites coming off their Super Bowl win. Thursday night football games always boring as hell. Um, no matter who the team is, they always just have some cool jerseys, but shitty scoring. Um, I don't see the reigning Super Bowl champs losing, even though Carson Wentz is out and Nick Foles seem to get the job done. They literally beat almost the same team in the playoffs, 15 to 10. Didn't get really anyone crazy besides Calvin Ridley. Um, minus three is a close line. It's pretty much a pick em, so I will take Philly minus three all day long. Give me ATL plus three all day, every day, for the exact reason that you said that they you don't need to take it. Yeah, you know, Nick Foles in, in, in Philly beat this Atlanta team in the playoffs last year. But guess what? Nick Foles isn't looking like the same Nick Foles that he was last year in the playoffs he has in the preseason. 
He's looked like absolute dog shit. He's playing like Nick Foles when he was with the St. Louis Rams. Therefore, I think Philly's going to have a rough go of it until Carson Wentz comes back. And I'll be betting against him every week until it does come back. Give me ATL plus three all day. All right. we uh, That's two. Two and four. There's going to be some disagreements on this weekend. We'll move on into game five. We have the Chicago Shit Bears at Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is minus seven and a half. Hammer Green Bay. Yep. Hammer them. It's yep. going to be close at the beginning. It may seem like it, it's not going to happen. Uh, Jordan Howard's going to pop off a touchdown. Uh, Trubisky might luckily find AR-15 in the end zone as well. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and do his thing in the second half, pull some bullshit magic that he does, and they're just going to take off with it. Um, Green Bay is going to win by 17 points, easily take Green Bay minus 7.5. I 100% agree. Um, hammer it. Um, if you can buy some points and get it up to 14, hammer that. Um, maybe not. That might be a stretch. But minus 7.5, but I, I, would, I would take that. Take Green Bay all day long. Um, everyone's going to be like, but Khalil Mack. You know how long it takes to learn a brand-new defense coming over from a new team? Khalil and Mack, Lambo. Calambo, I mean, Calambo. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. I'm gonna that. I'll leave that in there. I'll leave that in there probably. <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. He's not Calambo. Holy shit. He said Lambo and it fucked me up. Khalil Mack won't be a factor in the Bears' offense until at least week three or four. Uh, Green Bay will run away with this. Two touchdowns, maybe, but yeah, hammer the set, hammer minus seven. Game six, here we go. The Rams minus four and a half at Oakland. Oakland's got to figure some shit out. We'll see if they can do it. I don't think it's going to be this early. Um, Once again, I really don't think it's going to be that close. I think the Rams win it by a landslide. Um, Without Cleo Mack in that in that linebacker position, they definitely have some holes to fill. Um, Gurley's just going to stomp a mud hole in their ass. Um, I honestly don't see Oakland scoring more than 10 points. And I no. see L.A. winning by at least 20. Yeah. Um, take L.A. minus, minus four and a half all day. Yeah. Um, Marshawn Lynch is going to have a rough go of it with Aaron Donald and mm-hmm. that force up front. Um, Aaron Donald and Adamican Sue now. So, and, that, and I mean, like you said, uh, Oakland has to figure out. I think John Gruden is going to be the right guy, but it's going to take a couple of years. For sure. Um, so take LA. I had it at minus five. I guess the line changed. Since the last the line changed to four and a half today. I'm sure it'll go back up, but it was four and a half today. But right, right now, hammer it. Uh, minus four and a half. Like, like Travis said, I think, I think the Rams are going to run all over them. Gurley's going to have a field day. Golf might, you know, toss a couple, couple of touchdowns. I'm not sold on that kid. I think Gurley's the star of that offense. But anyway, besides the fact, take the Rams all day. As much as it pains me to say that, if they can put some money in my pocket, that's the least those fuckers can do for me for the St. Louis. All right, so now that we've already gave you our six big games for the week for Degenerous Digest, we're going to end this segment every single week by giving you both uh, – Travis and I are both going to give you our locks of the week. This week with football starting up and really getting full, full swing with week two of college and week one of NFL, we decided to give you a lock for both college and the NFL this week. So I'll let Travis kind of take it away and do his college football lock of the week. My lock of the week, it's a it's – a, for college football, it's a decently big spread. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I have Mississippi State minus 10 at Kansas State. Uh, it may seem like 10 points, holy shit, but you got to think you got an SEC offense going against a fucking Big 12 high school defense. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Um, Mississippi State is going to roll all over, I believe. Um, Kansas, Kansas State beat South Dakota 27-24 in a come-behind win in the fourth. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth to come back and beat them. There's no way they can keep up. Um, I had Mississippi State just pounding them um, probably by, by 20, 21, three touchdowns. Like, um, that's my lock of the week. I, I really like that pick. I like that pick too um, a lot. What's funny, the reason why I was laughing is because my lock of the week has to do with the, with the Kansas team as well, but it's not Kansas State. And really – I could make this my lock of the week every damn week, but I'm not going to be that cheap. But I'm going to do it for you guys for our first podcast. Kansas at Central Michigan University. Central Michigan's minus four and a half. Minus four and a half. If you can buy some points in the game, buy some damn points. They lost to Nickel State last week at home, 26-23. Nickel State. Ronald Ali from damn last chance you went to Nickel State. So their Kansas is traveling to Central Michigan. Central Michigan is a minus four and a half. Take them all day. Bet your next paycheck on it. You'll get it back. For sure. Uh, Kansas, yeah. Fuck Kansas. I could, um, like, I said, like I said, that could be our lock of the week every week, but it won't be that cheap. It really could. It could. For this thought, week, though, minus four and a half. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Jesus. Kansas was – to get you to put it in perspective, Kansas was minus nine and a half against Nickel State and lost by three. There At you go. Nickel State. All right. Moving on, those were our college football locks of the week. We're going to go on NFL. As much as I hate to say it, we already covered this game. Uh, it's L.A. minus four and a half in Oakland. Um, I really don't see it being close. So Travis takes Travis takes the uh, one of our one of our picks from earlier. He's just locking it in even more. I do. I'm locking it in even more. I'm that confident. It's Gruden's first game as a head coach. It's a new team. Lynch is oh, old. not first game as a head coach. First game as a head coach in ten for years. This team in ten. No, he coached Oakland. Okay, for this team. Either way, yeah. It's, Marshawn Lynch is old. You're showing your age a bit by 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 forgetting that John Gruden was the head coach. Yeah, exactly. I might have been 13 years old when he was the head coach. <laughs> um, Marshawn Lynch is old. There's no fucking chance that that Oakland makes this close. If they do, color me shocked because I don't see LA losing this game. Um, Nonetheless, I don't see them winning by less than five. So for sure, lock this in, go for it. Awesome. So uh, I for my NFL lock of the week, I didn't pick one of our degenerates digest games. Um, I looked at it and I looked at what's going to be an absolute snooze fest in week one NFL. Which there's a lot of snooze fest NFL games. This one would be a snoozer. Buffalo at Baltimore, under forty and a half. Give it to me. Give it to me. Nathan Peterman's going to throw like four picks, and then Baltimore's going to get it, and Just Tucker's going to kick like a 56-yard field goal every goddamn time and win like 12 nothing. I don't know. Gonna... Baltimore might win 42 nothing. Yeah, no, I ain't going to happen. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, Buffalo, no, I agree with Buffalo you. will turn the ball over. Baltimore gets to like the 25, 
and Justin Tucker will kick like four 47-yard field goals on 55-yarder. Yeah. They won like 15 to three. Or the Ravens can never put it in the end zone when they need to, and, and Buffalo is just not. Exactly. So under 40 and a half, that total. I know. I know we screwed you in a lock of the week uh, last night with that Florida State game, which was atrocious. Um, for my NFL lock of the week, Buffalo at Baltimore under 40 and a half. Nail it. It'll be like a, like I said, like a 20 to 10 final tops. These are these are solid four locks. I can easily see us going four for four this weekend. Guys, if you if you really want to throw some money down, I would, I would. Hell, I might I might even parlay it. I might even parlay it. If something happens, it's going to be terribly wrong. But I don't see that happening. Um, so yeah, let's move on into this uh, this last segment. It's going to be kind of a mystery topic each week. Um, just kind of whatever's trending around, whatever sport. This week we kind of got some here in the last couple of days some some shit going on with Le'Veon Bell. Um, what a pansy. Let's just let's start off with that. He has a fourteen million dollar tendered contract just sitting there for him to sign and he's sitting out of practice all week. Yeah, I mean I mean, yeah, like, like Travis said, this will be a segment where it's not really scripted like our other two. We're just gonna bullshit it, but we're just gonna go with it. Yeah, I think I think I mean, dude, what like you said, what a what a what a pansy ass. Like I mean you're literally you're, literally you're setting out. You're either gonna sign this contract, get fourteen million, or you're gonna get no money and you're not playing football this year. Like The Rock said, you candy ass song bitch. Like, dude, like play your play your season, play your sixteen games, get your pad your stats. We we all know. I had it on here. I was gonna ask you, like, where does he play next year? It's not fucking Pittsburgh. He's, no, not, he's playing. not playing in Pittsburgh next year. He's gonna Pittsburgh. Go somewhere it's gonna get that's why I think that's why I think Le'Veon will eventually come back. And you know what? He's gonna show out. He's gonna go off, do what he always does. He's good. Don't get me wrong, but he just needs to play. And I think Pittsburgh, this is this is their last – Big Ben's getting old. You know, Antonio Brown, they just locked him up to a big deal. But without a quarterback, he's nothing. This is their last chance to show out, and I think they'll do it. But I think Lev Bell is just being a candy-ass play. Get your money. Get your $14.5 million, like you said, or whatever the hell it is. They, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – four. I think it was $14.1 million is what they offered him. He played last year on a $12 million tender deal. So, well, because well, he's a franchise tag. So, yeah, third-year so franchise tag. And he played last year on it, so I don't get why he's being a bitch about it. Yeah. But to put it in perspective, it's Tuesday night. You have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday walkthrough. So three practices and a walkthrough. Still hasn't signed. So if he were to go through, he has to sign this contract, pass a physical. Which he probably, which he will. Which, which he, will. he will. But he gets two and a half days max of practice in a walkthrough. Um, if but, I'm does, but, more, but, but does the best player in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL, top five easily, you have to practice that much, to be honest with you? Like, he does. But I mean, it's a just the fact of being with your team for this last month and a half. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I say no. No. Uh, I, I honestly full-heartedly agree. If you have someone you can drop in fantasy this week, drop them, pick up James Conner, just in case. Honestly, because it doesn't seem like Le'Veon hasn't came out and said he's coming back. It's all Maurice Pouncey saying, hey, uh, Le'Veon, I talked to him. He's coming back. Pick up James Conner. He's been with the team practicing. Pouncey's a moron, too. It's going throughout there. Pouncey's a dumbass. With the yeah. Okay. Agreed. The whole, both Pouncey brothers are, are idiots. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like James Conner's James been Conner. there all preseason. He's been practicing. He went through the preseason. How pissed is he that Le'Veon's going to come in three days before the game and take his spot? 
how pissed would he be? I mean, it's 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 pretty shitty situation. I, I definitely agree with Travis. If I don't think anyone's in the situation in fantasy, unless you're you're terrible at drafting or you need to start it, like, oh my god, I don't have a backup running back on my bench. Everyone has one. No, but, but if you have if you have just James Conner running that offense, you're gonna throw him in there. Yeah, but I mean, who, the Steelers play the and the Steelers play the Browns week one. That's what I'm saying. That was my next point: is that they ultimately they play Cleveland, so it doesn't really matter regardless. They could just not have a fucking running back at all and win that game. Um, but Le'Veon Bell is he's. I don't know, man. You been watching Hard Knocks? Greg, Greg Williams has got that. Greg Williams has got that defense tuned in, man. No chance. No fucking. Chance. <laughs> he's gonna have a bounty. He's gonna have a bounty on uh, on Big Ben's head. Bounty gate. Bounty Gate 2.0 in Cleveland. They don't have anyone that can cover Antonio Brown. And if they do put their best corner on Bro, Antonio EJ, Brown. EJ Gaines. Okay. Put him on I'm Antonio Brown. Juju Schuster's going to be catching 80-yard passes all day long. They have, they have EJ Gaines and Demetrius Randall. That's, That's not going to be that good. Yeah. It's going to be a bad game. If you live in the area or you can view that game, I would – highly suggest it. It will not be on at my house for on no, Sunday. That's for damn sure. sure. Um, so yeah, that's our trending topic of the week. We're, we're going to pick something every week where just whatever. We feel, and, and, we and, feel like it has to do with something relevant going on in sports. It's super relevant. Um, and eventually, eventually we want to get to the point is we want to get, make this segment into either trending topics. You guys, our Twitter followers suggest for you, or we also want to, open it up. Uh, I have a segment idea of where you guys ask us questions and we answer them. So um, if you guys like the podcast, you let us know. And if you guys think you'll participate in the question segment of it, we'll definitely open it up to a Q&A. I'd love to have that because I think that'd be a nice um, piece of the podcast. But for now, we're just going to keep with, with trending topics. And I think Love Bell was the most trending topic today, for sure. In sports world. For sure. Uh, that's the most recent. Uh, definitely within football, but other than that, I think that about does it for, for this episode. Here we go. This is episode one. I hope you guys really enjoyed. Um, we are going to be doing this every week. Whether it be, <laughs> whether it be on My whiskey, my fucking whiskey was strong as shit. My bad. It's making his drinks a little too swift here at 9 o'clock. Actually, 9-11 on a Tuesday night. Uh, R.I.P. We're going to be doing this every week, um, whether it be on Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, we're going to be putting this shit out for you guys. Um, tune in, listen. I don't care if you listen for half of it, all of it. Um, I feel like it will be definitely more interesting as it goes, especially if we regain more followers. But I hope you guys like it, and I hope you guys are interactive with our Twitter page. Um, tweet us, retweet, follow, share our shit. At the number two Drunk Brothers on Twitter. And like Travis said, um, ideally we're going to try to put this out every Wednesday night. Uh, we both have full-time jobs, so uh, and I'll be doing most of the editing, so it just depends on what we're doing that week. At the latest, it'll be Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon when I get it out. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to like to get it out before the Thursday night. NFL game. games, I mean, yeah, NFL, for sure. So. That's the goal. So plan for it Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon at the latest. Um, we're going to try to get this podcast out on Wednesday night. So subscribe to our SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything. At Two Drunk Brothers on both SoundCloud. Oh, at Two Drunk Brothers on Twitter. Two Drunk Brothers and a podcast on SoundCloud. Um, subscribe to that. And we'll always tweet the links out. We'll let you know when it's coming. So until next time, uh, peace out. See you guys next week. You guys have a good one. Uh, good luck to your betting. Follow us yeah. up. 
Let it, let us know if you if you roll roll the dice on our on our lock. Yeah. Call us out on that shit. We don't care. For sure. If you win, if you lose, let us know. We will make sure that we are better for you guys. Yep. Alright, deuces all. See you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.